working on the road for a living or traveling a lot in general can really take a toll not only on our mental, but also our physical health. This is the Road to Health Podcast, and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. Recently, I started a career where I'm traveling a lot more than I ever have, which, of course, has brought to light some challenges I must now face in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthier lifestyle. Join me on my journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the experts I work with to lose 40 pounds by June 1st, 2020. I found, although it's not always easy to resist the temptations the road brings, by using a few key strategies, it can help mitigate the damage. So, if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me on the road to health. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Tamar, your host for this episode, and I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to come hang out and listen to my show. Today, you are in for a treat because I am interviewing my friend Marissa Iman from the Incandescent Podcast. It is a podcast on meditation. Now, I'm going to give you a little tip here. If you go visit my website, www.theroadtohealth.me, there is a little banner on top of the first page. There, if you click on it, you can get access to my five tips to staying healthy on the road. And Marissa is referenced as one of my resources and one of my tips. So now I've just given you one of my five tips. So make sure you go check out that page so you can get the other four. Marissa Iman is the best-selling author of a book called Super Intense, which I have read and it's amazing. And guys, um, if you struggle with depression or bipolar disorder, this is a must-listen-to episode start to finish. I love how Marissa brings awareness to this subject. Um, If you know anybody who struggles with these issues, I myself have struggled with depression in the past before, and it was something really challenging to deal with. You know, in fact, my addiction would mask a lot of that at times and then, of course, make it 10 times worse. But if you know anybody who struggles with these kind of issues, please forward this episode out because Marissa brings a lot of awareness to this subject, which I absolutely adore her for. You know, we had a great conversation about feelings and emotions and oftentimes I will make bad um, bad decisions because of the way I'm feeling you know if I have a bad day if I don't just allow my emotions to be felt and then you know move on I can get stuck in my head and actually find myself getting angry because of the way I feel and then sometimes I reach for food now to try and get that same effect of numbing out those feelings. So we had an amazing chat about just being able to feel those feelings and move through them. So like I said, guys, this is an episode that you're going to want to check out front to back and then make sure you show Marissa some love and go check out and subscribe to her podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm really excited because today I have the pleasure of interviewing my new friend, Marissa Iman. I hope I pronounced your last name right, by the way. You did. You're perfect. Yay. I practiced. (laughs) I made sure I listened to one of your episodes before. Oh my gosh, you're so so good. (laughs) So Marissa is the host of a podcast called Incandescent, and it was previously named, it was a long name. 
Oh my gosh. No one can even say it. The Midday Meditation Pump Up Podcast. Say that three times fast. <laughs> right? That's a tongue twister. So if you've heard of that podcast, it's now changed to Incandescent, Incandescent. which I love, by the way. Thank you. So uh, Marissa is the best-selling author of a book called Super Intense, which I've started reading. I've been listening to the podcast version. I have more chapters to get out. I just haven't. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's fun to record. She's a musician. She actually created the Road to Health intro and outro music, so I'm super thankful to her. Thank you. And we met through Rise and Bloom, through Alice and Melody, so it's so cool. We actually finally have a chance to chat. (laughs) Yes. So thank you for being here. Um, Thank you for having me, Tamar. I love that you're doing this. I know. It's so fun. I love this kind of platform. It's so important, too. I mean, traveling, it it changes things. You know, you can't necessarily have your same routine, so it's important to offer the advice that you're offering. Thank you for doing it. It so does. Well, you're very welcome. I'm happy to do it. It's been a bit of a struggle lately, but that's, I guess, what the show's about. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think personally, you have an absolutely amazing story. So why don't you share how you got to where you are today? Sure. Like in the quickest way, <laughs> I didn't know throughout childhood that I was living with bipolar disorder and I would just put a smile on my face and act like everything was okay. But meanwhile, if you were to dig up my journals, which I really hope I can find sometime soon. I found them at one point, then I keep moving and now I don't know where they are again, but it was every few months or so would just be a totally different person writing in the book. Uh, on one hand, the version of me that would be in love with life and everything was great. Then there'd be this other one that just thought the world would be better off without her. Wow. And then senior, not senior year, uh, sophomore year in college, a friend of mine found me wandering in the streets, not knowing where I was or what I was doing, called my parents. And I had a bunch of testing done and uh, I was really out of touch with reality. It was was in a manic episode. So very elevated feelings of euphoria, but also uh, on any given moment, I either thought I was a superhero here to save the world or an evil villain sent to destroy the hero version of myself. Uh, and which isn't possible. <laughs> but you tried. It was tricky. They're never in the same place at the same time. So it was tough. Uh, and after being released, instead of hospitalized, I, I went into my parents' custody and was sedated and then given all these different blends of cocktails, a fun name for, for just tons <laughs> of pills. Well put. I know. I, I don't know why that's the medical name. I'm giving this cocktail. I'm going to make it sound more fun. Right. So I eventually, several years after that, after trying to be really good and diligent with everything, I realized that I was either at the mercy of my emotions or at the mercy of the pills. Never just able to be, you know, it was either right. I, I had to take a pill to wake up, a pill to go to bed, a pill to make me calm. Or if I wasn't taking those, then it was just my emotions would make me freak out or cry or get stuck in a grocery store having to read every single hair label. That was kind of a thing for a while. <laughs> if I went down the hair aisle, I had to read every single box. So <laughs> I knew there had to be a better way. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Cause that's a lot of reading. <laughs> So annoying. It's not like I was dying my hair. I don't know what I was doing. So 
<laughs> I can't anymore tomorrow. Like ruined my scalp uh, during that time in my life that I was. <laughs> Color's exciting. Uh, a little off my rocker. <laughs> I decided to play chemist and it was not good. Wow. <laughs> so now my hair, <laughs> can't deal with that. Um, so I, when I decided that there had to be another way, I wasn't exactly sure where to begin, but I was gifted from my mom books by Marianne Williamson and Gabby Bernstein and started with the divine. So interesting. The law of divine compensation, which just happens to be on my desk right now. Very uh, cool. <laughs> six years after it was gifted to me. I don't know why I, I recently just pulled it back out. So that book and then Gabby Bernstein's May Cause Miracles, which is a six-week program, and there's meditation involved in it every single day. And I made myself commit to following the six-week program, May Cause Miracles. And then I just kept doing it over and over. And I just kept meditating. I didn't think I could meditate by just sitting in stillness. So I would listen to guided meditations as if music went out of style. And I'd put on my headphones and take my dog for a walk. And I don't, you know, I don't necessarily recommend this, but I would drive while listening to them. (laughs) (laughs) And I just found myself more and more in my body, in the moment, being present. And instead tomorrow of running away from those emotions that all my life I thought I had to hide, allowing myself to just be with them they weren't as bad as I thought they were. I mean, they're intense. Don't get me wrong. They're super intense, (laughs) (laughs) but I wouldn't have that any other way now. I've been, not that I'm against medications. They did save my life, but I've been without them for at least a few years now. And I still live with intense emotions, but now instead of feeling like I'm just at the mercy of them, Mm -hmm. they're just part of how I live and I work with them instead of them working against me. That's so incredible. I absolutely And I really owe a lot of it to meditation. Right. And now you teach meditation, correct? Yes. I I create mostly. Uh, I've created, you know, I don't know the count, but I think I'm almost at a thousand. Wow. uh, (laughs) For different apps and businesses. And then of course, for my podcast with three meditations a week and uh, my, I have all these free offerings on my website. So there's, there's tons of free meditations that I've made. And it's, it's funny because in a way it's almost not ruined meditation for me, but now I can't enjoy guided ones because I'm just picking up. So it's a good thing. I love it so much. So if you want to enjoy them, don't create them yourself is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I love your guided meditations because I find that for myself, especially when I get in my head a lot when I'm on the road, because I have a Mm -hmm. lot of time to think after work. So when I head back to the hotel or sometimes I'll drive three hours between appointments, right? So I find that when I'm struggling with something, so for example, um, uh, about a month ago, I went and visited a client and there's a question I forgot to ask. And even though it was a super great visit, I got into the car and I'm driving and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to ask this. This is information that I wanted to find out. And so for my personality, because I have a very addictive personality, so I start to get stuck in my head, I'm you know, starting to kind of beat up on myself and I put on... Um, you know, I, I pick certain meditations around that, like mistakes. I loved your one, by the way, recently on mistakes in oh your life. Oh my gosh, yes. So because it kind of snaps me out of that. So, mm-hmm. um, and I listen to gratitude a lot. I actually downloaded yeah. them to the ones on your website down to my iPhone. 
Yay. And so why do you feel it's really important for people to incorporate meditation into their lives? Oh, well, I love how you preface this with your situation because I, I feel like that's why. I, in my personal experience, and I feel like a lot of people I know, when we get in our heads wondering, oh, well, it couldn't even, it doesn't even have to be about what you did in the past. It could be what I have to do later in the day or what someone, the way someone looked at me when we were walking down the street, you know, totally. we, we just get caught up in these things. And the second we do that, we are missing out on the beautiful gift that the present moment has to offer us. And you really, uh, it's just that you're not giving yourself the gift of being present when you get wrapped up in your head. And so the meditations that I create on incandescent are designed for, for people like us, people like that, who, (laughs) who may just have these thoughts whirling in their head. I should mention too, one of the diagnoses that I had was ADD. Mm -hmm. So I truly didn't believe that I could. Now I just think I'm just super creative and that's how my brain works. No big (laughs) deal. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm fine with it. Uh, but it, I don't think my brain has changed necessarily. I certainly feel I can focus more thanks to meditation, but I still think uh, my mind does run around a lot. So I have to use my tools regularly and having something to listen to that encourages you to be present with your heart and your breath and the actual moment instead of, oh, I should have done this or man in the future, I have to do this. When you're just in the moment, what a gift that is to give yourself. Oh, for sure. And it's one of the things I actually noticed it this morning when I was doing the gratitude meditation. I really struggle, even though I've switched from regular meditation, just sitting in silence to guided meditation, I struggle with being in the moment. Do you have any Mm. advice to kind of help with that kind of thing? Or does it just take practice? First of all, yes, for sure. Practice like anything, you know, I say I'm not good at basketball, but I don't practice it. So who, why who am I to say I'm not good at it? Like, duh, I'm not good at it. I don't play it. But if I practiced it, I could be good at it. Right. And that's any skill in life. You don't just sit down at a piano and play Moonlight Sonata. Yeah. You got to like start with Mary Had a Little Lamb. So every, it's a great every song, single- by the way. I rock out to Mary Had a Little Lamb every morning. What can I say? So (laughs) every tiny little step like that, I'm kind of paraphrasing from my book too, but every time you have a moment that feels like Mary Had a Little Lamb of mindfulness, that's something to celebrate. Even if it was just one minute out of 10 where you really felt you were connecting to your breath, even if it was 10 seconds out of 10 minutes, some just appreciating the, the little bit you get and knowing that the more you do it, the more it grows instead of just being like, well, you know, I wasn't able to make a, what even is it? A swish? What do you, what do you play basketball? I don't even know basketball, phrase. <laughs> but you know, if I were to get on a court today, I couldn't probably even get the ball in the net. So if I were to just go home and be like, well, now it's impossible. It'll never happen. Well then, yeah, it'll never happen. You'll never experience it. So instead of being discouraged, if you have a sit and still after six years of, 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 uh, really being committed to meditation, I'll have sits where my mind is everywhere the whole time. And that's part of the practice is to not judge myself for it because the judgment is 
is something to practice letting go of. So it's a beautiful way to be like, oh, well, I just opened my eyes and looked out the window for 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. I was meditating and coming back. And instead of being like, damn it, I'm doing it wrong. Being like, okay, that's what happened. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Cause I can get frustrated sometimes. I'll, I'll sit there and I'm like, oh, maybe I should change my laundry. My laundry is going on downstairs. So I think, is there an ideal time of day that you recommend that you find you're more focused than other times because the morning I do it every morning and every night and Yay. sometimes during the day, but in the morning when I wake up, I start thinking about things and what I need to get done and you know, I still <laughs> yeah, do too. it, but yeah. is, do Yay. you think there's an ideal time to do it? I've heard that morning, right when you wake up, before you have to do everything else, give yourself an extra, however long you want to meditate for, get up, do that so that you're not taking away from the time that you normally spend throughout your day. However, I don't do that because I feel as though that leads into feelings of time scarcity, you know, that you have mm -hmm. to make extra time to do the meditation. And I'm a firm believer, this is just me personally, mm -hmm. that you can incorporate it into your daily life. So it doesn't have to be this extra time that you're adding on. I think that's a lot of the scariness people have is, well, I don't have extra yes. time to start meditating, <laughs> but you can make doing the laundry a meditation. Right. When you're really touching the fabric, smelling the hopefully non-toxic uh, <laughs> detergent that you're using. <laughs> so you <use laughs> don't good smell detergent. it if you're using Tide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you're if you're just really breathing intentionally and being in the moment, and if thoughts come up, not judging them, just letting them come, but returning to the present. Every moment can be one, but you're, you're correct in the whole early morning and then evening mm -hmm. is what I've heard from, from multiple, you know, people I've listened to books I've read as it being ideal times. Uh, but I really believe in turning everyday moments into meditations. And for me personally, usually the best time for me is before bed. I mm -hmm. love a before bed. I feel like I can get more deep because and this is now, you know, when I first started, I think before bed was probably the hardest for me because I was thinking of all the things I wish I had done differently in the day. Right. And, but over time now, that's the last thing on my mind for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's, it's practice. It's building a muscle. Right. And do you find that, so incandescent, it's podcasting meant for, like you said, when you're doing your everyday life. So do you even if you're, I, I do it while I'm driving. So that's probably not the best time to do it. Doing... I, I like avoid saying do it while driving because I don't want any lawsuits, but I... is it, do you, how much do you think you actually retain of that when you're listening? Because I really like your last series that you did about um, visualization, right? And um, yeah. I forget the exact name of what it was called, but you know, visualization uh, in terms of what you want to do and be in your life and what you can achieve. Um, so I was doing that while I was driving and I was sitting there wondering, I wonder how much I'm actually taking in. No, that's such a great question. I don't think it's the best way, <laughs> but I think that it's a way to get started when you feel like you can't do mm -hmm. it. A meditation for a person who feels they can't meditate. And right. I, I still will listen to guided meditations while driving. Like I said, sometimes I just start picking apart. Oh, I like how that instrument sounds or I like, but so it kind of pulls me out because I'm thinking about technical stuff sometimes, but, um, and it's obviously not the deepest you can get, but it's still a way. And again, I'm not trying to promote 
driving and meditating. I'm not at all <laughs> saying to do this, but in terms of meditating while doing something else, like taking your dog for a walk, or for me, something I really like to do is my noise canceling headphones on while I'm grocery shopping oh. and like a hat on because I, I grocery shopping for me is, can be overwhelming. I mentioned the whole store situation before. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for me to be very connected to my breath and my body and be present. And you'll notice that when you do these things, you listen to meditation while you are going about something else you would do anyway, you're not necessarily getting the deepest meditation, but you're experiencing that situation Mm -hmm. more smoothly, more mindfully than you would have otherwise. And then it serves as a bridge to then go feel like you have the confidence to sit and try it. Right. So it's, so they're designed to be listened to while multitasking or while sitting in stillness. You could totally have an even deeper one if you just sit before bed and do it or sit in the morning. So different ways to practice, but I just met so many people saying to me, you know, I want to listen to your meditations, but I don't have time for that. Or I can't sit still. (laughs) It's like, well, then you're misunderstanding what we, we have this misconception that meditation is just sitting in stillness and clearing your mind and maybe 10% of my practice feels like my mind is really totally, it's probably never totally clear. I don't know. No, I don't think we could ever be a hundred percent clear. But those feelings of just super deep Zen, you know, whatever that is, when you kind of feel flighty and you know, for sure, it's just very still Mm-hmm. Those moments, I love those. They're heaven, but they're maybe 10% of my practice. It's not right. the majority. I know. I might have maybe 2% now. So, <laughs> I mean, there are days when I have 0%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was funny because last night, so I have a coach that helps me with my weight training. And I walked in and he was just finishing up with another client that does nerve body work kind of thing. And they were having a really deep discussion about ways that people learn and ways that people retain things. And they're like, Tamar, Tamar, like, what do you think about this? And they were talking about the difference between listening to something like perhaps an audiobook and reading and how much more you get in actually reading the words off the page because mm-hmm. you're hundred percent focused on that. Whereas if you listen to an audiobook, you're always yeah. doing something else, right? right so maybe right. you're not a hundred percent focused on it. For sure. Yeah. It was such a fun Although sometimes when you read a book, you're not hundred percent focused either. You read two pages and go, wait, what was that? I know. Do you know how many pages I read over and over again? (laughs) And it's, and everyone's different. There's different learning styles. So some people really do take in auditory information better than Mm -hmm. visual and vice versa. So I don't know if it's a one size fits all. (laughs) I would agree with you there. (laughs) So in terms of emotional, because I love how you talk about, you know, using your emotions to your advantage, mm-hmm. because I don't think enough of us do that. I mean, um, especially in my line of work where I'm in outside sales, but I mean, my audience is more, I'm trying to gear it more towards people who travel in general, right? And people right. are trying to stay healthy, not only physically, but emotionally. So um, when it comes to like meditation, emotional health, if you could give my audience three, two or three tips. That's kind of the most important thing to focus on to keep in a good mental state. What would that be? Yeah. So tip number one would be no matter what you're feeling, if you find yourself judging that feeling as bad to let yourself off the hook, like that, that idea that your emotion is bad, isn't your idea. That's society's. And I think it's really important that we are aware of 
our thoughts versus society's beliefs. Right. You know, we can, we're easily brainwashed as a society and we don't recognize it because we're as kids taught, you know, you do these things, you stand up and you do the pledge of allegiance. You do things just become, I'm not necessarily saying that that's brainwashing, but I'm just saying we do things that we aren't questioning because from a young age, we're just taught that's what it is. And one of those things in our society is to not bum people out with our sadness. Right. Right. So there's this message that being sad is bad. Right. Even if it's not, you know, everyone coming to your face as a kid going, being sad is bad. We're still picking up on that general belief society has. And then we're internalizing that. And so for me, I think the biggest problems I had with my emotions were when I thought that they were bad. So it just made them worse. And so tip number one is whatever you're feeling to know it's not bad to right. welcome it in with loving arms. I mean, nothing in, in this whole life is without purpose. So why would your emotions be useless? Right. You know, when we tell them that they're bad and we say, get out of here, you bad emotion, <laughs> it, then we're going against, if you have a spiritual practice, which not everyone has, and I didn't for a very, very long time, but, but I do now and I do feel that everything has a purpose. So if you are a spiritual person, but you think emotions are bad, that kind of goes against feeling that everything has a purpose, right? Our emotions are teachers. Yeah. They serve us. And so I think tip number two, so tip number one is just being open and accepting of emotions instead of trying to shoo them away because it's the shooing of them away that creates this friction and the pain. Mm -hmm. But tip number two is to go a step further. And welcome them in with loving arms to get curious. Mm -hmm. What are you here to show me? And the exciting thing is, the most exciting thing in my personal experience is that whatever that feeling is, that I call it in my book, feeling under neutral, yeah. F-U-N. Because <laughs> I, I had some people <laughs> tell me that they didn't like, I had just been calling them fear-based emotions that like, turned people off. Right. And it's, which is again, a judgment, you yeah. know, that fear-based is bad. And let me tell you, like, I'm a total scaredy cat. I'm afraid of a lot of things, but oh, me too, me too. <laughs> I mean, in a dark room, I'll think that there's a monster in the room with me. <laughs> Unrational <laughs> fears all the time. Irrational. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but with emotions, they're, they're not monsters. They're, they're teachers. They have a reason to be here. So the second tip is to just be curious with it mm -hmm. to lovingly be like, okay, you're part of me. What message do you want to share with me? And the exciting thing is that almost always, if you have a fear about something, uh, which would be any feeling under neutral is a fear about something, then you must have a really strong desire about its opposite right. because you don't get, you don't feel bad about things you don't care about. Exactly. If you don't care about it, then whatever. Yeah. But if you care about something, so for a lot of people, some of the feelings under neutral might be around feeling lonely, like you're not going to have a partner or feeling body image issues, feeling like you're not attractive enough. Well, then you must desire to really accept your body. You must yeah. have a very strong desire to love your body. Right. So how great is it that this emotion is showing up to remind you to lean into that desire? Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is as soon as you use that lesson, so I guess the third tip is to the kind of sum it all up is to, once you get that lesson, lean into that desire. 
Right. So whatever that fear is, the opposite is its desire. Now just lean hard into it and be so thankful that that feeling under neutral led you to a place where you are super clear now on how you really want to feel, what you really want in this life. You know, thank you, fear of not being good enough for remind, a constant one in my playbook, uh, for reminding me that I desire to love who I am regardless of what the heck it is I'm doing in this life. I desire to be so proud of myself for just breathing, you know? Yeah. Thank you, fear, for reminding me that that feeling is important to me. Right. Now I'm going to lean into that feeling. Yeah, because I think, you know, for people who, in my position as well, it's important when you're feeling a certain way to kind of run with that to make it, it you a better person, right? And I right. think that's what drives me a lot of the time is I have all these fears, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to say the word fear. I don't, like you said, I don't <laughs> think they're a bad thing, but I can use those things and, you know, and, and use meditation, for example, to actually help kind of switch that from something that makes me fearful to something that gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. So, and I think that's why meditation is so incredibly important because I think it can shift your focus pretty quickly if you let yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and to just let yourself be non judgmental about all your thoughts, all your emotions. They just are. You're not them. Right. Exactly. They're just, they're just part of your experience. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this kind of conversation Ooh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can people get in touch with you? The best way would probably be, and I'm not, I, so I'm not super active on email or social media, but I do check my Instagram DMs. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) At Marissa Iman Music and Miracles. And my website has tons of free meditations, marissaiman.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I can't wait to do it again because it's nice we finally get to chat. Yes. Hopefully in person sometime. We will for sure. I'll I'll probably come fly out that way. I've never been out that way. So. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you. Wow. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. What a treat. It's why I love to do what I do because I get the honor of bringing amazing people like Marissa onto my show so they can share their story and hopefully help inspire you to want to live a healthier lifestyle. It is really, I think, all in, you know, there's so many things that we need to do in order to live a healthier lifestyle. It doesn't just revolve around nutrition and fitness. There's just that mental health aspect as well. I think once we start working on that, we're actually in a better shape to be able to get in that, you know, exercise and that nutrition, nailing that stuff down. So again, hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you go show Marissa some love. Go check out her podcast. Also, if you go to my website, remember, go and download your five tips to staying healthy on the road. Once you sign up for that, you will also be subscribed to my road report newsletter. Um, With that, you will get updates on upcoming interviews. You will also get updates on what's happening in my travels or maybe my stints at home, some tips and tricks. I will also provide valuable resources on that newsletter that you can check out. So don't forget, after the show, go to my website, check that out. And until next time, guys, enjoy your travels. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Road to Health podcast. Of course, your support means the world to me. So if you liked my show, make sure you hit subscribe so you can keep up to date and not miss out on a single episode. I love to hear from my listeners and get feedback. So if you have any ideas for future shows, make sure you send me an email at info at theroadtohealth.me and be sure to check out my website, www.theroadtohealth.me where you can sign up to receive the latest news as well as get a free copy of my five tips to staying healthy on the road. You can also find all my social media links there and email information. So make sure you reach out and until next time, enjoy your travels.